Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It's just after 6 o'clock and we're at a Friday. Friday is 17th of February. Look, it's been a big old week to boot. And we're going to do our best to put some smiles on some dials this morning. And I'm being joined by my good friend there, Tony Kemp, who's made his way up to Kitty Kitty. And uh, by all accounts... She's a pretty horrible situation up there as well, Kempe. A big good morning to you, brother. How you doing? Yeah, morning, Abaye. It's uh, yeah, you're dead right, man. It's devastating when when you look at the uh, the roads. They're closed off State Highway One down Dome Valley and the Brindurans, which is a hill that goes over the top, looking at Whangarei Heads, and had to track back inland through uh, Matakana and, and head up out the east coast there to to make my way up here. But man, the amount of the amount of slips was amazing, like. Everywhere you look, there was a slip, you know what I mean? And the water up here, they had some water. There's paddocks of water still. And you wouldn't believe it, I left Auckland and it was beautiful, and I drove through a storm where I nearly had to pull the car over. Um, it was that heavy, the rain at that time. So, um, yeah, we've got some crazy weather at the moment, Izzy. Um, and waking up this morning and looking at all those pictures down the Hawke's Bay with all that water... Um, that's moved now and, and left all that salt. Man, there's some devastation down there, isn't there? There is some devastation, Kempe, and, and Ian Smith's going to be joining us later on this morning, and Smithy's been in, in the middle of it at all, and he'll have a, a first-hand account of what he's been able to witness, and horrible times, Kempe. I spoke to Mofano yesterday. The spirits are still trying to... Trying to <laughs> I try to stay positive at the moment. Um, my, old, my old man was a little bit emotional. He hasn't been home yet. He's, he lives in Pukitapu, and if you know the, the area in the back of Taradao, it's probably been the worst affected there. It's a low-lying area. It's got a big river that flows through it. So that river, the bridge is gone. That, so there's no access to Mofano's house, and we're still a little bit unsure um, if the water has made it to the house and, and gone through it. So hopefully not, we're praying, but um, from all accounts and, and the footage I've been witnessing, it's not doesn't make for a positive outset for our whanau. So um, there's many out there that are shrugging. 10,000 people are heard in, in uh, Aroha's news with Chris Hipkins that have been displaced from their own homes. So uh, it's going to be a long, tedious, yeah. arduous uh, couple of years, even years can be like, I, I was watching some footage on, online and you try and shy away from it, but you just want to know, because I'm from the Bay and I feel so helpless being away from home. I feel like I want to do something. I want to go help, and it's, it's just a horrible situation. But all this footage, the 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 road from Napier through to Wairau, there's a place called uh, Lake Tutera, and, um, well, someone put up some photos. There's a big hole with a, 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 a waterfall going through it across the main highway. The lake has risen. All the... All the slips and all the hillsides have all just turned into dirt because there's so many slips. And 
Oh, I was just watching it again. I don't know, if anyone knows the Hawks Bay, Devil's Elbow is no more. That's gone. So that's this is going to take months, if not years, to even be give some normality back to those roads and we'll be able to go through it. And, and I've been talking to plenty of people about this because I heard a lot about Cyclone Bowler. Obviously, it wasn't alive. It was 1988. It was a long time ago. And I was like, well, everyone was talking about that. That, that was devastating. And they're like, nah, this is far worse. Far, far worse than the destruction that this has caused. And because of that, it was more coastal, the Cyclone Bowler. So, you know, you can handle the rain in the coast, but all this rain from Gabriel was in the middle, in the back of the country, and it filled up all our rivers, all our hours and our lakes, and that's why it's kind of devastated uh, all of the country. So, yeah, we're going to just keep trying to put some smiles on some faces and, and staying positive today, and... Um, and we've got a big show for you. We've got a big show. There's plenty to talk about, including the Test Cricket, Kev. You've already come through on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight to eleven on the Kennard Tire phone line. Kempi, what do we got today? Yeah, well, it's Friday, and what a week we've had, mate, uh, so far. It's been a big one, and after seven, we'll chat with your mate, uh, as a Smith finally got him on the phone. Hopefully he doesn't get tired Hopefully. with his kids this morning. <laughs> um, to talk a little bit about his big year coming up. Um, and then after that, we at 7.40, we're going to go and have a chat to Dunstan uh, Horsefeeds, the founding director, David Smith, about the horsefeed appeals he's got going on with the um, New Zealand thoroughbred and uh, New Zealand bloodstock. So uh, we'll also find out how we can help with that. After 8, we'll catch up with Talk Sport Cricket Editor because that's on everyone's lips at the moment. John Norman, he'll um, he'll get his thoughts and give us what he thinks about the first days, which was, by the looks of it, a pretty tough day at the office for the Black Caps. And obviously our Friday, Friday tipple coming up, our normal catch-up with Paulie Mawadi and, uh, yes, Ian Smith to see how he's handling down in the Hawks Bay. And uh, guess what? We're talking racing too. 6.55. Get your pen ready. I think I found a couple. Oh, come on, Kempi. The Oracle, <laughs> the chosen one, is coming back for a love racing update at 6.50ish. So stay on, Kev. I know you'll be waiting. We've all been missing the Oracle. And, well, no surprises yesterday, Kempi. But I stopped Louisiana, <laughs> man. Second to last. Are okay. you surprised? Mate. Well, yeah, I would have. I synthetic, have it. mate. Don't like synthetic. <laughs> I wouldn't have backed it. I didn't back it, and it got its win the last time and won really well. It's gone back. It's gone back out for a feed, mate. <laughs> that Louisiana, what, what's happened there, Kempi? Like when I all of a sudden jump on, it stops. <laughs> oh, look, Tired. Look, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I can't. I can't answer that one. I just, you know, you keep telling me which ones you're backing, so I can stay away. <laughs> well, stay on because Kempi the Oracle is coming back. And if he's anything like the previous Kempi, the chosen one, he'll get the job done. And just on that chosen one, putting it in a bit of context, uh, we had a little punter message through, uh, email through to the, the TV, uh, the, the radio station, and sent a little, uh, just a little pick me up for, for Uncle Kempi and what he's been doing with the Love Racing segment. So keep it up, Kempi. Everyone wants to hear from you. Everyone wants to wants you to back a winner. So they'll be hoping today with a big race uh, weekend of racing that you let's can get go. paid. But let's <laughs> go. Kempi, there's plenty going on. We'll talk the cricket shortly, but I want to talk to you about the situation at the moment we've got with rugby. There's a huge dispute going on over in Wales at the moment, and, and it's potentially looking like it. the Wales rugby side are going to 
strike and and strike when they when they take on the English side. So yesterday there was a situation when they were at a function, a, a sponsor's dinner, and they stayed for Warren Gatlin's speech, and then all players got up and left before the starters were even served. So this is the start of a big old strike. So this goes back to Wales Rugby Union and all the clubs are, have, are going through a restructure of costs. And what they've done is they've dropped the wages of salaries for, uh, for a guaranteed maximum of £278,000, down from £400,000. And part of the standardised contracts could earn players earn bonuses, um, but they feel like the targets are unrealistic. So we're seeing plenty of this, particularly with what's going on up in England. You've had the Wichester, uh, you've had the Wasp, um, and, and you've had uh, one of the other sides, this lost, lost my mind right now, but one of the other sides that have gone through a tough old time, struggling to make ends meet, so they've had to go and, and force themselves and, and try and see if they're able. The Wasps have come to the party, so they'll still be a part of the um, championship next year. But now you're seeing Wales, and the players are striking. Mm. What do you think? Well, it was really interesting. Sonny Bill Williams put a post up the other day um, talking about the administration costs and uh, where all the money is actually being spent as opposed to going back back to the players. Me, personally, I, I think players have finally had enough. Because yep. if you, you know, what people what people tend to forget, because when they look at it with tinted glasses, they say those All Blacks are being paid really well. Well, underneath the All Blacks is the competition, and the competition isn't paid very well. You know what I mean? So you've got all these guys. I spoke to another guy out of Sydney a couple of weeks ago. He gave me a call. He's talking about you know a lot of the players that he's looking after, the Polynesian boys. They're they're hardly making ends meet. You know what I mean? Yet they're at clubs. They they don't get any sponsorship for boots or anything like that. And they and people are you know thinking that they're making plenty of money. And for me personally, um, like we had had enough when I was around. We actually stri- we went on strike um, as a as a national team uh, the day before the semi final in '95 at, at uh, Huddersfield. That game was against Australia, and we walked out. And we basically said to the administrators. Unless you pay us properly, because what happened was they offered us a certain um, set of fees, and the day, two days before the test match, they said, Oh, we're not paying you. And we just had enough and we walked out. And I think what's happened as the years have gone on and players have become smarter, and everyone's got a player agent and they can see what, what's actually happening, and the disparity between the bottom and the top is too far, the majority want to walk. They want to say, Well, enough's enough that's it looks like the for me um is he it looks like the administration side of it is becoming really top heavy and very costly and the blokes that are really missing out of the players and that's why they're walking they said they're basically saying enough's enough yeah and and Ellen jones has come out and he's uh had a wee statement, and he is the most capped test player of all time. He's played over 150 games for Wales. And he said, if you treat people badly enough for a long period of time, you get to where we are now. And this is where this has been going on for a... This has been going on for a very, very long time. The treatment of these players, and the players have had enough. So Wales are staring down the barrel of a $10 million pound... Revenue loss if the players strike against England. If the players strike, so that is a whole. This one game, Kimpy. This one game, 
that they're staring down the barrel of a huge loss if the players do strike. So that, that, that puts it in perspective. The money is coming in. You look at Principality Stadium, that is sold out every test match. Yeah, Sold out. Over, over 50,000 uh, pundits go there every time to watch Wales take on whoever they take on. So they have the sales, they have the numbers, but I think this stems back to the clubs and the way that the clubs have been poorly run. And we saw that with the NPC a few years ago. When I first started saying, uh, started playing the NPC, there was no salary cap. So you had players on big, big money, mm. over $100,000 playing for their provincial unions. NZR, you had to really step in and make a stance and say, and cap it at a maximum. So I think the max now is 60, maybe even 70 for, for players that have been around a long time. So they've had to step in and make the stance. But then on the back end of it, they've given top-ups for, for certain players. So I, I, I just I, I, I've, I agree with the players. Without no players, there is no product. And if you're going to look after them poorly, and Willis Hullo-Hullo has come out and in support for his brothers, his players, because in four months' time, they don't know if they've got any contracts. They don't know if they're going to feed their families. Because there's yeah. just no conversations, there's no communication there. Yeah, I, look, I, I, the only the only place that this works is in Gaelic football. So Gaelic Gaelic football don't play pay players. If you if you've watched yeah. Gaelic football, they play on this massive stadium. Um, mm. And I went to the one in Dublin, and it's just honestly, it's unreal. It looks so much like an American NFL stadium. They pack it out and they don't play, pay their players but what they do with their players is they look after them for life so they've got really good jobs they they go and play the sport and when they finish the sport they are looked after for life with all these good jobs see with rugby rugby league we are we are looked after for a really short period of time and if you think about it the average game in league I don't know what it is in rugby the average player and so I'm talking we take away the Kiwis, so all of the competition in the middle, they have a they have a lifespan of forty six games. Now, if you're if you're not making anything and you're not you've got no plan before or after, and this is what's happening with our kids, so they're going to pick kids up at fourteen, fifteen, and taking them out of school and telling them they're going to be a league player. Well, the majority of them don't make it, and they've got nothing. So by the time they get through that system, they're eighteen, nineteen. School's done. Uni started. And they say they're out, out on their um, air. They're back into society with nothing nothing behind them. And that's what's going on. Players have just had enough. And you're seeing all this money piling through administration, through clubs. And like you said, that game at Twickenham, £10 million. Like, the players would see, if you, if you read what's been happening in Wales, players, players basically see next to nothing, none of it. None of it. None of it, absolutely none of it. I think you're right with the administration at the top. Someone's getting paid somewhere, and it makes for an interesting case. Watch this space over in the Wales area, and maybe if they strike, this will be the start of something big up there in the UK. Well, we're going to talk a little bit of cricket. We're going to talk a little bit of cricket. Day one, Kempi, yesterday, <laughs> went to a not-surprising English team who declared at 325 for nine, leaving the Black Caps 18-odd overs to face in difficult night conditions. They're currently sitting at 37 for three. So England are in the driving seat right now. And just contrast of attitude and intent from both sides in terms of batting was just totally div- different and obvious from the outset. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. Uh, like England, they just have no care in the world. And then you get yep. our players in. And, and yes, the difficult situ- 
conditions at night. Mm. But they won the toss. And they had an opportunity to go out there and bat for uh, for a day and then chuck them in at night. Like So that's the thing. They won the toss. The, the, it's their own despise, really. Yeah, well, and <laughs> I had to laugh. I had to laugh when they declared and then went in and just threw it down there and took those wickets. Um, mm. Three of our four best batsmen gone before the second day. The punters yesterday, Paulie Mawari, were talking about for all being wrapped up on the third day. It's yeah. a serious, it's a serious punt that one. I think it was eight dollars, um, but yeah, I, I got thinking about Baz, like how he's just transformed this English team, and did they clear on the on day one? Like, mate, they've, they've just actually clever. come here with an, just intent. Yeah, intent. You know, like yeah. Baz has got them. They so they got so much belief in them. And just the the way that Stokes is is leading his team, you know, you open up with Broad and Anderson. Anderson's, yeah, hasn't got any any success after two overs. Brings in Ollie Robinson. He gets a breakthrough straight off the first bat, and then they're under pressure. And then Jimmy Anderson comes on again and gets two wickets for eleven runs. So they're very tactically smart with the way that they go about it. And Kevin's come through, is he? England batted with confidence. Ducker and Brooks can bat. New Zealand bowling very ordinary. Our bowlers were going for five plus and over. That's no surprises against an England team. That is not a good figure. They're so far two and over. They got 300 plus and 58 overs. Confident batting. We have scored 37 runs in 18 overs and three have had showers. I honestly cannot work out the continued selection of our number four nickels. Have a look at the average. Last eight bats, Young should have been there. Kevin from Titarangi. Kevin, I think you're bang on the money. And there is some serious um, questions that are going to be asked in regards to this black cap side. They got a big day today. And on that, it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Our can't wait question of the day. Will test cricket ever be the same it was before Baz was coaching England? That is our can't wait question of the day. I absolutely love it. He has changed and re to find the, sh- the game that is Test Cricket right now. It's enjoyable. You never know what you're going to get with England. Will Test Cricket ever be the same before it was, before Baz was the England coach? Give us a text, double eight double three or 0800 150 8 to 11 on the Kennards Hire phone line. We are talking Test Match Cricket right now. England, uh, England are in the driver's seat and New Zealand are under the pump. Well, my tip yesterday for Williamson to get some runs, 180, in fact, is a long way <laughs> off. If you're on Devin Conway, he's 17, not out right Come now. On, and even he looked Devin a little Conway. bit. <laughs> 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 and even he looked a little bit shaky. Uh, Kempe, if you get that one right, I don't know what I'm going to do because you are just picking everything. I'm not surprised. So let us know. And remember, we're gonna, we've got our winner for our Musashi prize pack as well that we're going to give away today. At around 7.20ish, a year's supply of Musashi going to our oh, caller of the year. I can't wait to share that later on in the show. But give us a text. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's 28 past 6 on a beautiful Friday morning. Call any time on the Kennards Hire phone line. Kennards Hire is hiring. Big visit kennardshire.co.nz 0800 or give us a text on the temper bedpost text machine. Temper and bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. We are talking cricket 
Day one has concluded. We're heading into day two today, later on. And, uh, well, England are well and truly in the driving seat. No one asks Robbie in the back room. He's a cricket nuff. He loves it. Day one, Robbie, takeaways? Oh, it, it was it was something to behold, that's for sure. Um, my, my main takeaway, honestly, is I need someone to explain to me how Jimmy Anderson is two for ten off seven, one of the best bowlers in international cricket at 40 years old. Someone make oh. it make sense. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, yeah, look, uh, this is what happens. They got dropped. you got to think Broad and Anderson got dropped before uh, when um, the, the previous coach was there and Baz has come in. He's rejuvenated them. He's given them life. And they're, they're currently only a few wickets away from taking the part, most partnership record from Warren and McGrath. So they've got experience, mate. I can understand. They, 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 they got, they're very clever at what they do. But just on the the, way, the style of, of the play that they play, can you see other see other sides following suit? Is this reinventing the game, Rob? Yeah, well, that, that's the thing as well. It's like if 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 England is going to play like that and it's clearly working, then it mm. will kind of make teams want to do the same thing. But it's like if if we if we go out and try to do the exact same thing and it dramatically fails, then you know I feel like we'll get even more people saying that we're horrible than we do now. So. You reckon? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm a bit stuck on this one. I just feel like the way they're just they're just lacking intent and lacking the ability to to just really open up and and show their class. Like you just look at the contrast in batting. England were just swinging for the rafters. They had a plan and they've stuck to the plan. That I'm pretty sure when they went into bat, they knew they wanted to to clear in the night um, just before the night session. So they can give uh, New Zealand an opportunity to bat and put them under extreme pressure. So I think they just had a real solid plan. But man, I just want to see them go out with some intent. And, and you know, like especially Latham, he got caught blocking, and they had a silly, you know, someone in there in the short and got called out from Leach, I think it was. Look, it's yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting situation now. But they're thirty-seven for three after eighteen overs. And they were under extreme, extreme pressure. And Timbers come through. I got off. I got on that bet to finish on day three at twelve bucks. Oracle. So he got on it, Kempe. Oh, good. He's expecting a day three whitewash to England. Look, I'm staying confident. I'm hoping the boys can find some, find something. But it's going to take a hell of a lot at the moment. They're under extreme pressure, and I think the big question is: England are showing are showing signs of not not slowing down. Will other teams? follow suit and change the way that test cricket is being played. Imagine this, test cricket, three-day result. Suits me. Five days, long, long time. Three days, we've got a result. I love it. Absolutely love it. Do you love it? Double eight, double three, or are you just a real traditionalist and you want to see a five-day slog and maybe a potential draw at the end of it? Let us know, 0800-150-811 or eight. Double three on the temper bed post text machine. We got some headlines with Joe coming up shortly, but before then, we've got to hear from the beautiful Aroha with the news for Cubota, building and shaping New Zealand.
Morning, 26 to 7 here on SENZ. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Time for your Bunnings Trade Sports headline. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Well, it looks as though England have put themselves in the driver's seat, as you boys were talking about, heading into day two of the first test at Bay Oval. Despite the Black Caps losing three wickets last night, we're still in this one, in large part due to Neil Wagner's performance with the ball. He spoke about what he saw from the English batters, who unsurprisingly showed a lot of aggression early on. Yeah, obviously we know they're going to play a positive brand of cricket, and so they did, and it's quite exciting for test cricket. Um, Hey, it's a, it's a positive brand, that's all you can sort of say. Uh, as a bowler, obviously, you want to try and combat that and try and, I guess, have an impact and try and take wickets. And I, I thought we did that at one stage. I thought it looked like we could have got him out a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, I think uh, all in all, a pretty sort of even day, I guess, in that sense. Let's see if they can do a bit better in the next innings. And the Breakers have blown their chance to advance to their first grand final since 2016, losing 89-78 to the Jack Jumpers. It was the Breakers' 11th defeat in their last 12 games at Maise Arena in Hobart. Fortunately, the Game 3 decided is here in Auckland, boys, on Sunday. So I expect you to see you there, Kempe. Trade and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade, power pass. There you go, boys. Beautiful. Thank you, Joey. Good to hear your voice, mate. Joey, how you doing anyway, bud? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, little, little bit wee bit dusty. I don't like when work events are on a Thursday, you know, like the team bonding work <laughs> event. You get out for a drink and everyone says, oh, come on, like you never come out with us ever. Like, and I'm saying, that's because I have to be in bed by eight. And they say, come on, you can push it out a little bit, just once, you know, and eight turns to nine, nine turns to ten, you know. So I'm feeling a little bit, boys. <laughs> Was there anyone that caught your attention? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, boys, I'm, I'm still, I don't know, if uh, I'm still reeling from my breakup, okay? Uh, get back on the horse, Joe. Get back on that horse and get going, okay, mate? Yeah, well, fortunately, actually, it ended quite poorly, so that's good. So I, I can't go back there, so I'm just looking ahead, just looking ahead positively. <laughs> Yeah, play in the V, mate. Play in the V, as they say in cricket. There you go. You'll be fine, mate. Good to hear you're up and about. Yeah, I've seen that. Everyone was having a little drinky last night. I must have missed the invite. Kemp, you get the invite? Uh, yeah, I did actually, but um, oh. you know, had, had other... <laughs> mate, you're like halfway around the world, you know, as I if know. you're going to make Cantonese up here in Auckland. <laughs> Oh, I'm Auckland lads, and I missed the invite. So there you go. Oh, Robbie, this is awkward. It I'm going to have to have a word to them. Made it real Joe, Joey Joe. B, you go and sort them out, mate. You go and sort them out. I thought it was weird why he didn't come, but also I'm throwing a party in a week, <laughs> and Robbie said, "Oh, maybe." I'll see how I feel. So <laughs> I, I yeah, think he's that kind of guy. We got a maybe. <laughs> Uh, all good, lads. All good. We're, we're flying. You're doing a fantastic job back there, so keep up the good work. couple of messages coming through in regards to the Test match. Morning, boys. Starting off a couple of multis with the Test match. To go only three days is looking good from Mark, so he's expecting a result in three in three days' time. How good, Mark. Thanks for that message on double eight double three. Black Caps need a clean-out. Of coach, selector, etc. This that is a bloody average New Zealand lineup. How does Nichols keep getting the chance and Will Young doesn't? 
Stead can walk the plank. Wagner is on his last legs. Four wickets as they were smashing it, though. That was from an unknown mess, text message. Yeah, Wag- Wagner struggled at the start. He was getting absolutely pumped. He nearly had a wicket off his first ball, and then he overstepped the mark, which is an absolute no-no in test cricket. You never give anyone a chance, and they went on to convert. So, tough old outing. Yep, four wickets in the end made for good... Um, you know some good stats to boot towards the end of that test match, but they were under so much pressure. Look, I, I just think, yeah, I, I agree with that text message. I think they really need a shake up in there, and if this one goes poorly and things don't go uh, like they were meant to, it might be time for it for a wee change because I just see no intent. They're just a little bit apprehensive with the way that they're going about things, and uh, which is crazy to think, Kimpy, because only a couple of years ago we we're world test champions. Was it? You've got baseball going on out there, which is dynamic and exciting and, you know, fast-paced. And then what do we call the Black Caps? Steady ball, was it? Mm. Just mm. tapping it down, trying to well, stay Well, in. they already said that. And you heard his comments when they said Stead ball, and he said, oh, that would be boring, you know, block here, block there. So, like, he said it himself. They the mindset it he's ball. telling these... <laughs> Gazball, 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 that's it, not Bazball, Gazball, and, and like, even listen to his comments, eh, Rob, like, he was like, nah, that'll be boring, you know, blocking this, block that, and I'm like, well, if your coach is saying that, your players are going to follow suit, yeah, go I just, out there. I just there, don't know huh? if we, like, I mean, they've got a very clear plan, like, and what is our plan just to block it, like, I, I don't well, know. Survive. Survive at best, you know, when you're 18 overs and you're going out there and you're put under pressure. Look, night, night conditions are difficult, we get, we know that. But the the conditions at the start of that test match was swinging a hell of a lot. Like Tim Sally was putting a, putting a clinic on with his bowling. He was putting in areas, shaping the ball away and, and putting them under pressure. So it goes both ways, really, but they still showed intent. And I thought with Tim Southey coming in, maybe we'd get some more aggressive nature. But I think the shackles have just been held on our lads at the moment. And hopefully day two can provide some sort of redemption for our Black Caps. They're currently 37 for three, and they're under extreme pressure. Devin Conway's in there, uh, 17 not out, with the Knights watchman, Neil Wagner, who is uh, hopefully... I was actually thinking about it. If I got to be Knights watchman and I was Neil Wagner, I'd go out there... And I'll be like, okay, I'm going to put this team on my back. But I can't really say that after the black clash because I can't really bet. So, But that's my mindset anyway. So, Neil, <laughs> go out there and do something we're all hoping, mate. It's time for Quizzy Dag, 0800-150-811 on the Kennard's High phone line. Give us a call. We've got another Musashi prize pack coming your way. And just on that, because I can and we'll find it, I'm going to throw out a $50 TAB bonus bet as well. 0800-150-811 on the Kennard's High phone line. You heard it, Musashi Prize Pack and a $50 TAB bonus bet coming to your way if you win Quizzy Dag. It is a doozy, it is Friday and we're in a mood and I want to give some stuff away. So give us a call. Yeah, they are, there they are, the guys that have been waiting. They don't want the Musashi, they want the TAB bonus bet. <laughs> give us a call now. It's Quizzy Yes, time for Quizzy Dag, and that's right, I've thrown a $50 TAB bonus bet, so you're going to get double whammy this morning, a Musashi prize pack as well, 0800 150 811, the phone lines are open, 
You can still call now. Don't be shy. Here we go. We're going to get Mark from Tauranga up. Mark, how you doing? Good boys, you? Oh, we're good now, Marky Mark from the Tauranga. How you been, mate? You been good? Not too bad, not too bad. Nice and uh, good now that the weather's improved a bit. Uh, we didn't cop it anywhere near as bad as anyone else, so I thought to, to those ones that are affected badly. I'll tell you what, mate. You're a fan favourite with my wife. She loves that red. Oh, might be her favourite now. Might be her really? favourite. Oh, no, that's a nice yeah. drop. Yeah. yeah, she absolutely loves it. Loves it. Thanks, brother. So here we go, Marky. Question number one. The Black Caps are 37 for three at Stumps on day one of the first test against England. Who do we bring in as night watchman to see out the day with Devin Conway? Mr. Wagner. Neil Wagner. That is correct. Question number two. Yesterday, Man City toppled Arsenal 3-1 to take top spot in the league. Who scored Arsenal's goal? No idea. Not a soccer man. <laughs> Next week, boys. <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Marky, have a good day. Love your honesty. Don't want to hear from the Oracle. That's fine. You stubborn fella. Question, uh, caller number two, Jade from Hamilton. How you doing, Jade? Yeah, good, brother. And yourself? Oh, we're good now. I knew you'd call after that $50 TAB bonus bet come up. So here we go, Marky. Yesterday, Man City toppled Arsenal 3-1 to take top spot in the league. Who scored Arsenal's goal? Bukayo Saka. Saka is correct. Well done. Question number three. What All Black is in doubt for Super Rugby season opener due to illness? Oh, man. From Sydney. He is one of, but not the one we're after. Sorry, Jade, you have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Luke from Dunedin. How you going, Luke? I'm good, Effie. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very good now. I hear your deep, subtle voice. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, mate. What All Black is in doubt for Super Rugby season opener due to illness? Bowden Barrett is correct. Question number four. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs recently won the Super Bowl. The LA Rams won the year before. That? But who beat the Chiefs to win back in 2021? Um, go with the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Congrats. Well done. Question number five. Good luck with this one. And you're not going to get a clue because I'm in a mood today. Kiwi oh. high jumper Hamish Kerr stood on top of the podium a couple of days ago in what European country? Slovakia. <laughs> Slovakia is correct, Luki, from Dunedin. You love it, eh? You love it. Uh, every now and then I love it, yep. All right, mate. What do you got for us? What are you going to put it into? Well, I haven't actually uh, looked at anything lately, so um, I'll take your advice. What do you got for me? Oh, <laughs> you've stumped me there. I will go. I will go. John Rahm to win the Genesis Open. Right, we'll have a look. We'll have a look. <laughs> <laughs> You've stumped me. Don't follow me, mate. I stopped Louisiana man yesterday. There's no chance. So good luck there, Lukey. Well done. 
You are now quizzy, Dagger. Musashi prize pack coming your way. Sort that rig out and a $50 TAB bonus bet. Well done. We'll chat on Monday. We're going to shoot off and we'll come back with a little love racing update because I know you're all waiting for it. Here it is coming up. Yes, it's 6.56 and you can call any time on the Kennards High phone line, 0800 150 It's our Love Racing Update. The Grand Tour Racing Festival is coming to you. And yes, we're heading to God's Own today. That's Taranaki. That's right, to check out the gallops. And uh, I've had a look at the fields and I've scanned it up and down. And yes, I'm coming up with another nabber, hopeful. And race six, number six, ribbons. So you've got to like it, Is It's the favourite number. And guess what? It's my sixth pick to go six straight. So omens, you've got to love them, and I'm on that. And I found one in Flemington also. Hey, Kempi. Uh, my best bet is Saturday. Flemington, race two, number one. See you in heaven. Uh, was really good first up over 1,100 metres. Um, up to the 1,400 will suit down to the ground. Craig Williams on. Uh, drawn okay, but should be very hard to beat. There you go. Yes, see you in heaven with ribbons around you. Fill up. multi each way. It's pain plenty. All right, so get on. That's our Love Racing update brought to you by Kempe, the Oracle. Eat, drink, and get racy. Round up your crew and book now at thegroundtour.nz. Oh, Kempe, so we're in, a, we're in a situation right now. We've got a little situation here. Does Daggy get on? <laughs> Let us know. Double eight, double three. Can I get on that? Can I multi that up, or would you like me to stay off? That's great. I know let what the, you're going to say. Know. Let the punters know. <laughs> let the punters know. And St. Mark's come through, and that just stopped John Rahm today. boy is from Mark, so he knows I'm going to stop. John Rahm is paying $5.75 till for outright, outright win at Genesis Open at Riviera. You want to throw a smokey in there for 21 bucks, Colin Morikawa. I'm a huge fan of Colin, and he's got me paid before. But ribbons and to see you in heaven. Taranaki today, race six, ribbons, and Flemington on Saturday, race two. See you in heaven. Multi it up, and it'll get you paid. So there you go, Lukey. You asked me for something? Well, I've come through, haven't I? Haven't I? Eh? Come through with it. You get paid, and we'll get you paid. How good. Love that, Kempe. The people have been waiting all week for you to come back and potentially lead them into a winner. I'll do what I'll do the right thing and I'll stay off it. And we'll soon see if it's me that tends to stop everything. Well, someone that is stopping in his, his time in New Zealand shortly is the one and only Aaron Smith of Messagedom. He's up and about and he's ready to take our call. So Aaron Smith coming up. He's going to miss the first couple of rounds of Super Rugby. But he'll be back, and we'll see him in our, on our shores playing rugby for Hollanders shortly throughout the year. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping New Zealand. Hey, lads, got the inside word about Race 5 New Plymouth, number two, Navigator. Navigator. So there you go, a wee tip from Mike. He's got the inside word, a bit like the Oracle Kempe. So there you go, a couple of tips throughout the day. If you've missed those, Race 6 today, Ribbons. Race uh, number five, you've got Navigator from Mike, and then you've got Flemington tomorrow. Race two, see you in heaven. If you multi those two that Kempi spoke about, returns $15. So there, some nice juicy odds to get you going. We're going to talk to Aaron Smith right now 
Oh eight hundred one oh double eight double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. If you've got any questions you'd love to ask Aaron. Uh, and we're really looking forward to having a chat to him. It's a big year for many of our sports stars. And with the move to the Japanese club, Toyota already confirmed for next year. No doubt Aaron, as a Smith, will be looking to go huge for the Landers and the All Blacks in 2023. He's logged so many minutes in those jerseys throughout the years. So we'll give him a pass for missing our call and the first three weeks of Super Rugby Pacific. Set to return for the Highlanders in week three, but no extended off-season break can keep him off the phone to myself. Dagger, how you doing, Az? Hey, boys. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. We're very, very good. Thanks so much for taking uh, our call and time. I know you're a busy man. You've got a young family. There's plenty happening, mate. But how's the body? How's the pre-season been for yourself? Nah, it's been good, mate, and... Uh... It's been an interesting one, sort of staying away from the environment for that sort of extra couple of weeks, but it's um, it's been bloody gold and I feel great. I'm itching to get in there, which is a nice feeling, and, um, you know, just really capitalise on the last sort of three weeks to just get that family time in, get my body absolutely hissing and um, going really fresh for a, for a big year. Was this always part of the plan, as to, to miss those first couple of weeks, uh, knowing that the big year that's ahead of you was? And I know, know you're a real competitor as well, so that would have been a hard, difficult decision to make. It was hard, but then um, the last couple of years have been a little bit up and down with seasons, COVID, and and preparation, and um, you know, with the the year we had last year um, as well, and then just it was in my contract. Too busy to be honest. So I've got one year left. I thought I'd better use it, and uh, I fought to get it in there with uh, my agent Warren. And I thought, oh, and I also rung uh, Rito and a couple other players who had done it in the past, and they'd, they'd, they'd talked about how how much gold it was to sort of come in then, um, also, and then just you're really itching. And I'm, I, I was sort of uh, my wife Tegan was like, you should go back to work this week, and. <laughs> So I think I was starting to get a bit itchy and I was watching clips on the thing and I went and watched the boys play the Crusaders in uh, Western and I definitely got the bug and and the hunger. But um, training-wise, it's been just gold to be able to get my body to a really good place and um, and also be with my kids, do the drop-offs and and, um, really fill that tank up. Hey, Ez, you've got a big year coming up, mate. You've got, um, you know, not just the Super Rugby, the the test matches, but also the World Cup. How are you feeling going into this year? Well, it's hard to, um, you know, to not talk about, you know, what's coming at the end of the year and, and how much excitement that draws to you. But um, I definitely felt it after last year, uh, Kempi, and the, sort of the last sort of three months of the year for us was a real positive shift in our team and the All Blacks. And, um, you know, besides the last 10 minutes against England, we'd sort of, you know, won seven in a row and we've got some, you know, awesome coaching staff um, now and Fozzie's got the help he needs and um, I left that tour really excited and rejuvenated about where we're going and, um, and the, you know, the, the, the talent we have in our team and we can put it together and then, um, so that was good to know and then obviously probably a week after the England game, start thinking of the World Cup and what if and, you know, I think, at our All Blacks testing anyway, you could tell a lot of the boys have, didn't have too much of a holiday and have really dug in and there's heaps of PBs flying around and, you know, the edges in the room and the proposition of what's to come is so exciting and 
Um, you know, I think Super Rugby will be pretty special this year too because you're going to have a whole lot of people trying to put their best foot forward and then also some young guys trying to, you know, make the dream come true. And that's what it's all about. Like this year, we're going to unearth some talent, and there are some talented players that are playing for the Highlanders. So, so what's your what's your thoughts on on the the Clark Dermody regime that he's got going on at the moment? Are you enjoying Clark and, and the new players that have made the step up? How's the Highlanders squad looking this year? It's it's been good, and I, like, as you've said, I can't really comment deeply on how what the environment's like at the moment. But I've been in and out. Um, the vibe's really good, but also with just with the Highlanders connection and the way our team operates and sort of around sort of our fun and enjoyment with um, also working really hard is, and having um, Tom Donnelly in as well is really exciting. An ex-Highlander who gets it, um, loves yeah. the region. And, and I think even from pre-season, seeing the boys go down into Southland and um, do a bit of an experience in amongst the, the community, and then also the last four years, the work that Kane and um, Joe Wheeler have been doing with our academy boys is paying off. And a couple of boys have made it through the system. We lost one to the Crusaders, which is okay. And, and then we've also got allowed about five or six young boys from Gore, Southland region um, coming through. So uh, all those little things are paying off. But also picked up a couple of, you know, watching in the weekend, Jonah Lowe was a really exciting pickup we got. And, he showed it in the weekend. And then guys like um, Jonah Nariki and Putty Putty back from injury, you can see they've had a big, big, long layoff in preseason, and they're both hungry men. And see what Putty Putty was doing to grown men was pretty scary. And then Jonah Nariki's <laughs> just class when he's fit. So, um, you know, our 23 we can put out, we, we're going to mix it with, with some teams and try in some respect. And one of those players you, you, you've, you haven't mentioned there, and I've got big raps of him, just from the limited uh, kind of what I've seen from him, is young Cam Miller. Has, has he shown signs and something that you've been really excited about? Probably the 10 position is somewhere where you're, you're looking to really lock down. Is he that player? Man, he's got the potential to be. He's, he's a good kid. He works hard. You know, listens to meetings. You can tell, especially with first fives, they've got so much riding on them as a as a player, right? Like they they are pretty much the quarterback. They run the team. Um, and even last year when he came in, I could see he's got a good head on him. And um, the moments don't look too big for him. But um, you know, Super Rugby is different, and I'm really excited to see how he goes. And I think the key is is uh, not putting too much pressure on him. But I don't think he takes things too serious in the sense of. You know, I think he knows he's a young man. He works really hard, but I think he knows his game too, which I like. Is he's not trying to be a Richie Mo. He's not trying to be Bodie. He's just he plays his game his way. And um, you know, and obviously, if our with the stadium, with the with the forward pack we've got, we can if we can provide good ball. Nines and tens are only as good as the ball you're getting, really. So um, he's got a huge future. Um, great ideas. He's telling him he's the next Dan Carter. That's just work the treat, I'm sure. But uh, all his mates would have been tagging him and stuff. But uh, hey, that's, that's footy, you know. And, and if, if, if he's not thinking that in his own mind, then, you know, but sometimes hearing it from other people always helps too. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, take another step this year. Mate, well, you've um, been around in the Highlanders jersey for a long time. We've talked about this year. What about your next step when you depart to go to Japan and, and link up with Toyota um, Verblitz. Are you excited about that uh, next chapter of your life? 
Yeah, I am. I, I am excited. It's hard to not think about it sometimes, but it was also, I kind of felt like sort of mid last year, I was just a little bit worried about the future in the sense of I hadn't had anything kind of signed past this year. And, you know, rugby, you know, injuries, you can kind of, if you don't have anything, I've always had contracts locked in a couple of years in advance. So it was a bit scary there for a little bit and, um, you know, not having that security. And then to, um, I rang my old coach, Steve Hansen, and said, hey, mate, um, can you help me out? And, uh, you know, Steve was great, and he um, helped sort of make it happen pretty quickly. And then I was able to focus on just playing footy again. And I think the, the worst thing is, that, you know, I went to the us leaders presented to the team the other day at the Highlanders, and um, just walking in the building again was just like, this, is, this year's the last time, and uh, I'm an emotional person at the best of times, but, you know, it'll be an exciting year because I'll be experiencing everything for the last time in a Highlanders jersey, not the first and not just another game, another derby, another trip away. It's it's the last. So I'm I'm really excited to go on Monday and be like, every day is a chance to just enjoy what it is, enjoy being in the Highlanders, enjoy playing under the roof, enjoy playing at the zoo and... And, and even living in Dunedin, I've been here 13 years and it's been amazing. <laughs> the city's uh, um, helped me grow as a man and, and they're good people. And, you know, the the old quote you, you hear when you come down is the further south you go, the better the people are. And, and it's very true. Mate, Dunedin, you've given us so much enjoyment over the last couple of years and we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you down under and being able to witness the best ever to do it in the black jersey and Nug, just just quickly, your game, mate. Like I saw signs last year towards the end of the test season. You really find your feet, your confidence are there. Like you scored that unbelievable try over on the tour, and you took on the gaps. Are you happy with where your game's at at the moment? Yeah, I think it's um, last year was a bit of an up and down year. It was like just struggling in the, in the Highlanders jersey with a bit of form. Um, and then All Blacks, I'll end the Super, I hurt my groin, and that kind of stunted my All Black start. And then I, I put that down too, though. It was like I put a lot of hard work in. I got really fit. And that, and then also, like, connecting with Joe Smith, like, he was a game changer for me. The way he saw the game, he had clips from trainings. He had clips from games way back. He, he really just gets rugby, and he got my mindset and... Um, I had a good chat with all three coaches. Actually, my D was playing up a little bit in July, and so I connected. I just sort of had a, as the year went on, I, I really went and got some help around my game and just got a clear sight of what they saw. You know, they were happy, but happy's not good enough. And I went a bit deeper and not assumed I knew what knew the answers, and, and that really helped going on to the tour. So I was able to, um, and in my time, I've sort of learned, you know, you you kind of can get to the end of the year tour and you just want to get it done to get home. And um, so I've always sort of tried to finish strong and I was really happy I was able to get to a point. Um, and, and, you know, you're as good as your last game and um, played okay against England. And if I'd maybe played better, we maybe not a drew a game, but that's, that's the hunger that drives you. And um, it, it reaffirmed for me something that I knew is that, you know, if you I always want to keep striving to get better and, why not use the coaches to do that? I don't see everything. And, um, you know, connecting with Joe, Fozzie, and our D coach again, Stormy, um, just really helped fuel my game. And when I've got targets to hit and things to go for and, and clear work-ons, organic things were happening. Like, 
Joe wasn't showing me clips of me running. He was just showing me opportunities. He was showing me what other nines had done. And if it's in your brain, you know, this sort of happens, eh? And things just react. And But if I hadn't gone to get that help, I don't think I would have been able to um, find some form again at the end. So definitely uh, be looking to, you know, keep keep growing my game, keep learning. But also with the World Cup year, not putting the pressure on myself to know I have to perform straight away. It's about building and trying to be consistent. And that's one thing I've always tried to be in my career. Mate, that's the difference between good and great. You know, you never be happy with what's going on in the past. You constantly fine-tune your game. You're asking for advice. And, and that's why you'll go down as one of the greatest of all time, as uh, we really appreciate you. Just quickly, what do you, what do you got, what's life got planned for, for Azza, you know, as you start winding down a fantastic career? Yeah, that's sort of the, that was a couple of questions then happening about post-Japan. And uh, I'm unsure, bro. I think... Uh, I don't know. Then Coromandel? I'm really passionate about <laughs> being the Coromandel for sure up in the um, Hamilton region. Just sort of want to get some good schools for my kids, but um, probably join Tiki Golf, Golf Club. It'll be one of the first priorities <laughs> when I get back and then uh, um, try get try get enough, uh, my handicap low enough to take some money off you. Um, and <laughs> I'm really... I don't know. I've been talking to Bailey Mackey and and uh, and Sky as well around. Really interested in storytelling or sort of documentary sort of stuff around rugby or or sport. Um, I'd love to get into that space around. There's so many stories in New Zealand sport that aren't told. Comebacks, yeah. wins, losses, people that missed out, and you know I love that kind of stuff. So I'd be trying to. While I'm in Japan, I'm going to try and start really upskilling and setting that up to try and come back and do that, but. Um, I'd love to get into some a skill coaching role if possible. Um, I think head coaching or or coaching itself is a um, it's a tough job as we've seen in the last uh, couple of years. <laughs> definitely around the pressure of it. You don't see many skills coaches get fired. So uh, if yeah. I can, uh, you know, upskill maybe around definitely around the contact area. I reckon I really enjoy getting in a team environment, staying connected to rugby but as a more of a low-key role in the sense of I'm there to help with skills um, and, you know, even a bit of mindset stuff. So, But, yeah, it would, uh, the main priority would definitely be to have a job where I can be there for my boys. And um, yeah. that's one thing that scares me a little bit about coaching is they're probably there longer than, uh, than players. So uh, yeah. I don't want to be a, 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 like a come-and-go dad. I'm taking them around the world for a little bit and then I'm home to be... Daddy, and uh, or yeah, I'm being called Sir Nappy at the moment, which is the cool new nickname. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I'll take it. And uh, so, Daddy, and if I don't do what he wants, it's Sir Nappy. So, yeah, cool. Um, you'll teach you little <laughs> bastard. <laughs> so, uh, love them severely, but uh, yeah, man, it's funny how a little three year old can really stir you up. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till they get older, mate. They are lippy as anything. My kids are real lippy. Oh. Hey, as I think oh. you'll 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 be fine getting a job post rugby, mate. You're an absolute personality. You're, you've got a great heart, and uh, you've done a flying job here in New Zealand. We're going to let you go, mate. It's just a quick message for New Zealand. I know we've been going through a uh, tough old time late. Have you got a message for everyone out there struggling? Oh, I feel aroha nui to everyone in the in the North Island and in, in, in the Hawke's Bay Gisborne region is. And the Coromandel, I think it's just been, and far north, it's just, and my heart goes out to everyone and, 
and even to everyone that's been helping and that it's just yeah it just shows how powerful kiwis are and willing to help and then you know we'll get through this and um hang in there and um, just sending lots of loves and thoughts and um just 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 think of the good things in the day and think of the be grateful for what we have and um and to those that are have been lost uh, very sorry to their loved ones and, and a lot of support and love goes to them Oh, you're an absolute champion, mate. Loved, loved your call. We've had a message come through. Best chat to date, Nug. Good man from an unknown message. So they're loving your chat, brother. Thanks so much for your time and all the best for the rest of the year. Cheers, boys. Thank you. There is Aaron Smith talking all things rugby. He is an absolute champion. We'll chuck that up on a podcast if you've missed it and you've tuned in late. That's okay. You won't want to miss it. He just, uh, some gold there from the nug. We're going to shoot off. We're going to come back because we're going to give away our Musashi, a year's supply of Musashi sports nutrition, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Back soon. Welcome back. It's time to give away a year's supply of Musashi sports nutrition thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their mates at Musashi, valued at $5,000. And we're going to give the winner a call now. Get going, lads. Here we go. Suspense. Hopefully he's got his phone. Come on. He said he'd have it handy. Oh. Hello? Hello, is that Izzy? Yep. Hey, Izzy, it's Izzy Dag here, brother, from SCNZ. How you doing? Hey, sup, Izzy? Yeah, good, man. Hey, it's your 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 lucky day, my friend. You've won a year's supply courtesy of Musashi and Chemist Warehouse, valued at $5,000 coming your way, brother. How good? Hey, cheers. Hey, woo-hoo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how good does that feel, mate? Honestly, it's been a oh. pretty tough old start to the year. But you happy? Oh yeah, man. Um, cheers, boys. Nah, yeah, it's um comes in handy because I'm um you know, because I'm involved with uh our local first fifteen at DSL, so um oh. yeah, it's good that, that some of that Musashi is going to pay off for the boys. Oh, bro, that is awesome. That's what we love to hear, giving back to the community. How, how's the team looking? They're real. Well, they've yeah. had so many champions over the last couple of years. Yeah, so um, we made the semifinals for the first time last year in, like, 12 years. So, um, yeah, look, we've got a good young group of boys coming through. But, um, like, you know, like we always tell the boys, it's books first, then sport. <laughs> oh, Awesome. That is awesome. I love that wee piece of gem that you've given the, the boys there at De La Salle. Mate, honestly, Isselelli, we appreciate all your support on the show, and this will just go a, a small way to hopefully having a successful year with De La Salle First 15, mate. Appreciate it. Just quickly, got a couple of names you can rattle off to watch out for this year? Um, yeah, uh, Frank Wainuku. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's in our backs and also in our four-pack probably – our lock, uh, Sean Fa'alini. Um, there'll be Sean two names Fa'alini. to keep an eye on this year. Awesome, awesome. Isaleli, there you go, mate. There's a year's supply of uh, Musashi coming your way, valued at 5000 and it will go to a great cause, helping De La Salle win the 1A comp in Auckland. There you go. Thanks very much, Izzy. Cheers, Izzy. And just a quick shout-out to um, the people of Hawke's Bay and, and all around New Zealand, just in regards to the... Um, cycling and that um, rest in peace to those who have lost their lives and um, 
Beautiful. What a beautiful message, mate. We appreciate your, your, your sentiments there to the rest of New Zealand that are doing it tough. Thanks so much, Izzy. You have a good day, mate. Cheers, brother. Bye. There he is. That is our winner, Izzy from uh, South Auckland and then Manukau, and he's our winner, and that is such a good cause. Look what it's going to, Kempi. Going to the kids, the community, back into the community. That is such a good story. How good, how good. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and Masashi for that, um, that pack. $5,000 with Masashi. Mate, they, um, they're going to so appreciate that, those boys. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll get stuck into that. And it was really good hearing from Izzy. You know, he talked about Razor being named as head coach. Um, it was a real solid um, commentary, too, that he gave us. So congratulations to that. And, and a nice little touch at the end, too, sending out his aroha to everyone around New Zealand that's struggling at the moment. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And Cam Waters has come through regarding Aaron Smith's conversation. Cheers, lad. That was an awesome call at all. You can hear the passion and just how genuine he is in his voice. Love the idea of for after rugby. Be mean to hear those untold stories. Legend Cam Waters. And if you've just tuned in, we spoke to Aaron Smith just after seven. And uh, he's leaving our shores at the end of the year, but he's got a big year ahead of him. If you missed it, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCN app, and you'll get all our podcasts. Coming up, we've got some jo- uh, headlines with Joe and our Choices Flooring poll as well. So a big show ahead. Stay tuned. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping New Zealand. We're 15 away from 8833 on the Temper Bedpost text machine or 0800-150-811 on the Kennards Hire phone line. Now it's time to talk cyclone. There's plenty happening, Ken Pete. Yep, and we've seen it in it, the widespread devastation caused by cyclone Gabrielle. We're families reeling for months and years to come. And fortunately, there are some good Kiwis out there trying to make their neighbours' lives a little better. Uh, NZTR, NZB and Dunstan Horse Feeds have joined forces to provide some relief for people in the Hawke's Bay who are actually struggling to care for their uh, thoroughbreds under impossible circumstances. We saw that horse that was standing on the roof uh, as one of those one of those um, pictures. Well, it was pretty sad. Found and director of Dunstan Horse Feeds, David Smith, is with us this morning to talk about the initiative. Morning, David. How are you this morning? Good, thanks, boys. Yeah, pretty devastating, eh, Dave? Tell us a little bit about the Hawke's Bay appeal um, you guys have got going. Look, yeah, it's devastating, all right, Kevin. It's... Um... Yeah, we just got a phone call from um, from New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing yesterday and uh, asked if we'd be prepared to to um, knuckle it down and um, help with this, and it's just so devastating. The group of us at work had a quick chat, and there was a no-brainer. You know, it's uh, it's all about the horses, isn't it? You know, and the people uh, trying to care for those horses. So we're only too happy to get involved. And uh, there's an appeal out there, and uh, every cent that's raised will um, will go into. Uh, We'll go into feed supplied into that area, and, and Dunstan's just fortunate enough to be in a position to be able to help that, and, uh, and we'll just do it on a not-for-profit uh, basis of uh, on all movements, you know. Yeah, that's it's absolutely awesome how you guys are bandied together. It's yeah, you know, people are talking about losing their houses and stuff like that. We seem to forget about uh, the stock and the and, and the horses and and everyone else that's sitting out there in those paddocks. How did this come about? Was it uh, initiative by NZTR or uh, were you guys just talking um, b- between each other and said, you know, we've got to get out there and help them somehow? 
No, it's certainly an initiative from the NZTR. Um, we've got a very good working relationship with uh, with them, along with uh, many other codes. You know, the, the standard bred uh, code and and also Equestrian Sport New Zealand. So. Um, as I said earlier, we're just so happy that we're in a position to be able to help. And uh, you did right. People think about their their homes, and um, that's only natural. You want to keep the roof over your head. But you know, for those uneducated, it's um, yeah, there's there's mares out there that would have lost their foals. There's foals out there that would have lost their mums. You know, and uh, we just read yesterday where there was one stable that has a, a team of 40 horses. Um, this is in the pleasure horse market, and, and all 40 are missing. Now, that's not to say that they're all gone. Um, gone for good but uh, they are missing at the moment and it's a hell of a lot of work to try and track those horses down. Um, you can see by the, the video coverage that everyone's posting that um, they could be swept away for a long way but uh, hopefully they just find their way home. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult task ahead and it's going to take a lot of hands and a lot of people uh, giving up their time. So how difficult do you anticipate it will be to transport all this feed to parts of New Zealand that's probably unaccessible? Yeah, we'll have to wait for those roads to open and um, as soon as we can do that, we'll start and ship stuff in. Um, you know, the first the first 250 bags or something, we'll just get on a, on a truck and, and ship them to different parts um, it's not only the Hawke's Bay, you know, the East um, Poverty Bay, East Cape has been uh, knocked around too, hasn't it, you know, and you just take that area for once and, um, you know, there's a, there's an iconic breed there, the, the, the Gisborne horse, it's, um, you know, it's it's done everything in all sectors of horses um, for many decades around New Zealand, it's a popular breed and it's a champion breed and um, you just feel for those horses that are up there around around the Cape, but, um that, that you know how hard they're doing it too, and if we can get in and help some of those guys, it's um, it's going to be extra good. My phone last night was pretty busy, and people just ringing up and saying, um, "Hey, I've got a truck, and if if you can load it up with uh, it's a horse truck, and if you can load it up with feed, we'll drive it to Gisborne, Wairau, Napier, Hastings, wherever we can get in." You know, so things like that's really really helpful. And another another gentleman rang and said he's got 50 bales of big round. Uh, Bailage that he just he said I've got fifty and I might have even more you know so when you're talking to transporters shipping all this food in um, see if they can take a load of of uh, bailage down there as well so people are certainly helping in in more ways than just donating uh, their their hard earned cash you know yeah it's it goes a long way I think my wife tried to donate we're down in Christchurch so it's a little bit difficult transportation but I've got a few bit of bailage here and can offer that up as well just trying to get it up north will be the difficult uh, task at the moment but who will actually receive the feed is it just the owners and trainers of thoroughbred horses like how do you go about distributing it to the right places look that's um, that's sort of the finer detail we're working through well, I spoke to a chap with a warehouse yesterday he said look I'd be only too happy to help but at the moment I've got two metres of sludge right through the middle of the warehouse you know so yeah. we're going to be talking to different organisations to see how um how they would distribute it, and it's no, it's not only for the thoroughbred guy. It's um, it's certainly uh, this all this uh, being kicked off by New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. Um, certainly, those guys will will um, be into it. But there's going to be I, I can envisage, you know, a hundred ton or more going into this area. So there's going to be plenty to be spread right around. Not only the the racing industry, but the sports horse industry, and that covers you know everything from show jumping to polo to your, your hobby horse. Everything's going to be involved, you know. Awesome, awesome. Hey, uh, just quickly, how can we help donate to to this cause if we're we're able to? 
well, let me know. I mean, you very kindly said you've got some um, some uh, stuff down in Christchurch. Uh, I know of a truck that's yep. coming up from down that way that's going to be bringing stuff up. So, um, yeah, if we just collate and make sure that people that are making these offers um, are tracked and, and that product can be thrown on a truck, whether it's from north or south, and um, and delivered into these areas, uh, that would be the best way. But otherwise, um, okay. yeah, any, any little bit will help, guys. Yeah. And if you get on oh, the Dave, NZTR, as if you get on the NZTR site, there's a um, bank yep. account detail there. They've thrown 50k into an appeal for into this appeal as well. So uh, just get on uh, Love Racing uh, website and and check that out um, in and around the Hawke's Bay appeal for thoroughbreds. Beautiful, Dave. Yeah, that's, they need to be applauded for that. That's a, 50k is a great sum, you know. It's um, that's going to go a hell of a awesome. long way, and um, and. And we'd only just wish we could help the 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 um, orchards down there, and the the dairy farmers, and oh. the dry stock farmers, and and of course the, the vineyards. We'd love to be able to help everyone, but this is our um, this is our uh, this is our expertise, I suppose. So that's it's a starting point. Mm. It's a starting point. We're starting somewhere, Dave, and uh, I'll get, I'll give you a message after this, mate, and see if we can get some of this baleage up the north and a little bit goes a long way so appreciate your time this morning thanks to Dunstan Feed for doing all that they're doing for for racing and particularly our animals the equine animals around the country that are doing it pretty tough at the moment thanks so much David you have a great day and, and well done thanks boys and thanks to SENZ for their support there is David Smith and uh, every bit goes a long way Kempe yeah well said well, well said too it was about Getting some of those uh, that ten acres of hay that you got out the back there up north, um, and just that they're dead right. The the little bit that you got actually will go a long way. Um, mm. And David's like, what a what a guy, you know, like just getting it all organised, and he'll find a truck for you to ship it up there. So if there's anyone out there listening to, you know, it's just not about helping people in their homes. We've got to we've got to mm. think um, wide and far. And you know, those horses they would have got track tracked down with the flood and, and end up miles away from where they are. So hopefully they, they are safe and they do make it home. Yeah, every bit counts, Kempe. I think you feel a bit helpless here. So as long as we can help a wee bit, offer up some, you know, even though it's a little bit, it goes a long way. So that's the least we can do. That was um, David Smith talking uh, Dunstan feed and, and what they're doing for our equine horses. We've got coming up, we're going to talk some cricket after eight because we've got John Norman, Talk Sport Cricket Editor. Back soon. Yes, welcome back. We're coming up to 8 o'clock and after 8 we're going to be talking cricket because there's plenty going on already and we're only into day 2 of that test match taking on England. Currently the Black Caps are 37 for 3 after 18 overs. Neil Wagner is in with Devin Conway so we'll be talking to John Norman who is TalkSport Cricket Editor and a couple of messages coming through. Paulie Moati's up and about which is surprising. I never thought he'd be awake this early but could is he? Please back ribbons from a friend of the show, Paulie Moati. So he's hoping, <laughs> scentless Moati is hoping that I stop ribbons today. Well, you know what, Paulie? I'm going to stay off it, and I hope everyone gets paid and you get kicked to the curb. <laughs> there you go. Oh, how good. And just on, on regarding uh, the cricket, Kevin's come through earlier. Izzy, Anderson and Broad, regardless of age, are still the same shape. They were at 30. They moved the ball both ways at a medium-plus pace. You're not hammering your body like the pace bowler. Spin it the same, Kevin, from Titarangi. That's a fair case, Kimpy. The way that they're able to move the ball, and you look at Scotty Kugeline, and they are quick, but they're not having the same effect with the ball in hand and shaping it. So I think that's the big case at the moment.
regarding the Black Caps. So, we'll hopefully they can get some runs on the ball and put the pressure back on England in this Test Series. We're going to be talking it all shortly with the man, one and only John Norman, TalkSport. If you've got any questions you'd love to ask John, double eight double three on the temper bedpost text machine. There is always plenty to debate from day one. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building, shaping New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. It's just after 8 o'clock on a big old Friday to boot. Kempi's up there in Kitty Kitty. It looks like a beautiful day there, Kempi. Oh, it's stunning. Absolute cracker up here, and I hope it's drying out all these... Uh, I've got a bit of hay up here too that I've got to get through <laughs> over the weekend. So I hope it, uh, Have you got animals? No, there's no animals on here. There's just long grass, mate. So I just have to have to get it down a little bit. Jumping, be jumping on the the lawnmower and getting around. That's my weekend. On the me tractor. Straw, me straw hat. Me track tractor. <laughs> me, me big green <laughs> tractor. I love a tractor. Make too, sure you see the video. Send a video back so we chuck it up on the Twitter. You'll, honestly, you'll piss your pants. Seriously. I just, I, every time I'm in it, I'm just laughing, thinking I hope no one's watching because it looks ridiculous. But I will do. I'll send it back. I'll try and take one. I'll send it back. Beautiful. Well, we're going to talk cricket shortly. And uh, the Black Caps, they're taking on England. And, well, they're well and truly under the pump at the moment. So uh, there's plenty going on. And a message coming through regarding John Norman. Hopefully we can get him on the phones shortly. But is this the worst bowling attack we have ever had in a test match in regards to the test going on at the moment? Ooh, makes for a fair point, that unknown texter. Makes for a fair old point in regards to the test match. We had Tim Sowley. Tim Sowley looked like probably the only threatening person with the ball in hand. His ability to shape it away and seam it off the seam continuously throughout that, that first spell of his was very good. But then on the other side of it, he had Neil Wagner, who struggled at the start. He got a bit of movement off his first over, but at the end he resorted to his old trusty short ball trying to put them under extreme pressure and set them up to get out. And and, and as fair to his, his case, he did. He set them up perfectly and they got some uh, relatively good wickets to start. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see and see what's happening. So I've just thrown a, a little bit of Burley out to Craig McMillan to see if he'd come on the show shortly. So if John Norman doesn't pick up, Craig's seen the message. We'll try and get him. Come on, Craig, right back. I can see you've seen it. Double blue tick. Give us a message back, mate. We'll give you a call. <laughs> We'd love to chat to you because they are doing the commentary uh, at the moment at Bay Oval and he'll have plenty to say in regards to the Black Caps. But, Kempe, it's going to be a bigger old day. What would you like to see today from the Black Caps when they go out there in day two? I'd like to see them do what England done and just attack and go and win it. Mm. You know, and the, the, the hard part about it is we've lost three of our four four best batters uh, for next to nothing. So to think we're going to go out there and attack it is, what, do you, what would you call that? Am I dreaming? Um, but, yeah, like I would have sat there last night. They're on, a, they're on a wicket to nothing, mate. Like three of your four best batters are gone out anyway, so the blokes behind them, get in there and bat. You know, try your hardest and make sure you get some runs um, some runs on the board. Don't go and, and, and stick your bat out there in the line and, and try and just play for time because that ain't going to win the test match and that's not the mentality that we want. I remember, Izzy, I remember going to um, a cricketing coaching session 
and it was a bowling session and the bowlers were bowling down at this stump and they were they flying around, it was the black caps, it was all the, all the black caps and potential black caps and all this and I was listening to the coach talking because it was a coaching session and he yep. was setting everyone up to get for this one bowl which was to take the bat on. So really interesting that you heard you're saying the bowling it short to try and set them up for the for the fine um, finer detail bowl. Um, I think our black caps really need to to focus on that as well. Yeah, they need to really stump up and find some fight. And well, someone that's really stumping up is our next guest, Craig McMillan. He's going to give us a he's giving me the thumbs up to give him a call in regard to the test match taking place there at the Bay Oval. We can always re- rely on Macca, who was a very good golfer in his time. I hate to, uh, giving Macca money, and no doubt he'll have plenty of the same regards to that. But we need to talk cricket and test match cricket. And Craig McMillan has come to the show. And we're going to get him on. You can stop talking to him, Joe. <laughs> Joey, Mecca, how you doing? Hello, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry to wake you up, mate. I know you got to sleep in because play doesn't commence until late in the afternoon, early afternoon. But we really appreciate you finding the time, Mecca. We're talking cricket this morning. New Zealand are under the pump 37 for three after a big old day, mate. Uh, what was your takeaways from day one? Yeah, it was an entertaining day's cricket, or night's cricket, wasn't it? Um, England had the best of the conditions. It was a pretty... The pitch... Look, it always is difficult under lights with the pink ball. It it tends to do a lot more. I think the way England batted, they put the New Zealand bowlers under pressure, who I don't think bowled that well. They weren't consistent enough. They offered too too many scoring options for the England batters who, who played nicely. So, I mean, whenever a side is scoring at just under six and over in test match cricket, you're under the pump, as he said. Um, it was a tough session at the end with the bat to be 30 for three. There's a lot of work for New Zealand to do on day two, but I have to say the next two sessions, starting at two o'clock this afternoon, should be good for batting. So they have to make the most of that. They have to be nice and positive, put some scoring, put some pressure back on the England bowlers, but it's not going to be an easy day, I don't think. Was the decision after winning the toss to bowl first the, the right or the wrong decision? When you look at it, hindsight's beautiful, but you yeah. know, like knowing that the night conditions are tough, maybe having a bat first, putting the pressure back on England? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, in New Zealand, you win the toss, you just bowl because generally our pitches are green and help the bowlers, and there's an advantage bowling first. Um, and I think in something like the 45 previous test matches since 2012, only four teams have won the toss and batted in New Zealand. So it was one of those tosses is that I know both captains just wanted to lose because they weren't sure. You looked down <laughs> at the pitch, it, yeah. it wasn't as green as normal, so you sort of thought, oh, it wouldn't be too bad to, to have a bat on this if we needed to, but if we win the toss, we probably have to bowl because there's going to be a little bit of help early. So I can understand New Zealand's decision to bowl first. I think the harsh reality is they were England was 69 for one after the first 10 overs. They didn't get it right up front, and that put the New Zealand on the back foot. Mm. Hey, mate, can you, Maka, can you just put it into context how big the shift in mentality has been in the past nine months for the English cricket team? Well, Kempe, I mean, pre-Baz era, they'd won one <laughs> test match out of 17 with pretty much the same players. Post-Baz, they're nine from 10. So um, they haven't changed the players. They've changed their philosophy. They've changed their mentality. They've changed the culture within the group and they're reaping the rewards. Um, so, I mean, to be fair, they were 
they were a much better side than one from 17. And, and a lot of people were scratching their heads when they had Anderson and Broad and they had Root, who was captain through this period. And you're thinking, how have they only won one test match in 17? They're too good a side. <laughs> but something wasn't... There was a disconnect somewhere, obviously. And Baz has come in and obviously changed a few things, put a few smiles on, on the faces of the players, made it fun. You hear that word fun, which, you know, doesn't really apply <laughs> in professional sport, does it, fun? But, no. you know, something's happening, something's working, and you have to take your hat off because they're a very good um, test side now. On the flip side, Becca, like you look at the way, the lack of intent, I, I feel like there's a little bit of apprehension. Yes, night conditions are very difficult. The ball's going to swing, and, and the quality that they have in Jimmy Anderson and Broad, you know, and the success that they've had over the last couple of, well, plenty of seasons, I should say. Like, are we just lacking a little bit of confidence and intent from our, from our batters at the moment? I think we're lacking confidence right throughout the whole side. As we... We haven't won a test match in the last six. Um, I think since we won the World Test Championship, we've had a little bit of a transition. We've lost some players, and you take the experience of a Ross Taylor, a Trent Bolt, um, a BJ Watling, a Colin de Grandhomme. There goes four players that were all pivotal in New Zealand being a successful test side over a five- to six-year period. So I don't think we should underestimate um, how big a gap that's left, and it always takes time when you're replacing players like that. That's not an excuse. That's just the fact that New Zealand have lost a lot of experience and they're not going to be the same side. So it's going to take a while to get back up to the standard they were. Um, But yesterday, they got shown up because they just weren't good enough. They weren't consistent enough with the ball. But I think, you know, another blow, they lost Matt Henry and they lost Kyle Jamieson on the eve of the test. Two world-class bowlers who I think would have made a huge difference if they'd had ball in hand. Um, yesterday afternoon when they bowled first. Um, but they're things they just have to deal with, unfortunately, and, and they are lacking a little bit of confidence at the moment. And do you think they're, um, they're actually, or do you suspect they're having so much fun down here? Baz has taken them to the races. He's taken them up to Tauriti Golf <laughs> Club. Um, you know, to, he took them down to Queenstown to play at Millbrook. And then they come up here and get on the Bay Oval and just smack <laughs> us around the park. Do you just think um, that, that fun factor that you're talking about, they're just having too much fun, the English? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a fair point, Kempi. I, I think um, talking to a few of them yesterday before start of play, um, they've had I think two trainings in the 10 days that they've been here So, <laughs> and, and you pretty much covered it I think wineries, golf um, horses um, a number of things, activities have been on show, so the England, the England squad have had a decent look at New Zealand off the field um, uh, now we have to try and make it as difficult and as hard as we can on the field but at the moment um, they're loving this tour of New Zealand Oh, mate, they look like they're having so much fun. And knowing Bears, you know him, he just loves it, and he's got the right formula at the moment. But we're heading into day two, Macca, and it's a big old day. Who are the who are the important cogs for, for a successful day in terms of the New Zealand side? Well, Conway, obviously, you know, he's a world-class player, averages over 50 with the bat. He's the sort of guy that when the going gets tough, he digs in. So I'm expecting a big score from Devin Conway today. I think Daryl Mitchell, who... Over the winter, scored 300s against this England side um, when New Zealand got beaten 3-0 in the UK. He scored 300s and was outstanding throughout that series. So I think there's an opportunity for him today. I, I want to see Neil Wagner frustrate those England bowlers this, more, oh, this yes. afternoon. want to see him throw the bat a little bit, top edge fly, have a little bit of luck, <laughs> and perhaps 
um, he could get a new test best. I think his highest test score is 66, so I want to see him frustrate them. He'll be so... Like, he would have slept overnight and be thinking test 100. That's Neil Wagner. He's a little bit cuckoo. Um, but he's gone in his night, Watson. He's gone in his... He seriously will be thinking about a test 100 today. He'll be thinking, all right, today I get to open for New Zealand and there's an opportunity for me to bat through the day. And this is a guy that's averaging, what, 12 or 13, but that's the way he thinks. That's the character. He's a little bit nuts. So if he could bat that for an hour or so and just take some pressure off, then New Zealand, there's no reason in these first two sessions the ball won't do as much as what it did last night. They can put a good total on the board. Yeah, show some dog fight. I love it, Mecca. I was thinking the same before, thinking about Neil Wagner. He's got a chance to go out there and, and open the bat <laughs> on day two. You wouldn't even script it any better. Hey, uh, just just quickly, look, there's been plenty. I know you love a little dabble. You love a little dabble. So day three to finish, to have a result, is paying 12 bucks. You thinking the same? No, I think we're going into day four. This is a flatter pitch than what we're used to. So I think New Zealand will um, bat pretty well. It's going to be interesting again tonight under lights. But mm. if New Zealand are batting tonight under lights, then that's a good... I think that's a, a reasonable um, reply from them. But they're still probably going to be behind, so they'll concede some sort of first innings lead. But it's going to be interesting. But I think we're here for at least four days, boys. I wouldn't say three, but it is cricket on speed. So who the heck knows? I, I wouldn't want to predict anything, to be fair. <laughs> Oh, the positive, if it is day three, mate, you have a couple of days there to go play some <laughs> golf. <laughs> hey, Becca, thank you so much for coming on at such late notice. Yeah, Asahis yeah. are on me next week when we play, or you'll probably be busy. Next time we have a wee ha- haggle, mate, really appreciate it, Craig, and uh, all the best for the nuts. next couple of days. Doing a fantastic job on the call. Cheers, boys. My pleasure, as always. There he is, Craig McMillan talking golf. A little S, ah, cricket and golf, I must say. Get a little SOS to the one and only Craig McMillan coming through late and just really paying the picture. Neil Wagner, how good, Kempi. Opening the bat for the New Zealand Black Caps on day two. He slept on it with temper and bedposts and he's ready to rip in. Yeah, Macca, Macca's nailed it. He said, just get out there, mate. He's, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, all I'm hoping for, this is my one hope, because um, I want it, is that uh, Devin goes out there and scores 101. <laughs> You're still alive, Kempi. You're still alive with your Oracle tip that you had yesterday. And we've collated all those tips down as well. Many of you are going for Williamson and Latham. Well, they're already out, so not ideal. A few Mitchells in there. So Mitchell's still going to bat throughout the day. Hopefully not, if they can get some ascendancy gone and compose themselves throughout the day. Well, time will tell. That was Craig McMillan talking all things cricket. Big day two coming up for our Black Caps. We've got Pip Morris for our TAB Cross coming up on the show. That was Macca. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Uh, bet live with your favourite sports. Download your TAB app today and talk to TAB's Pip Morris. Man, it's been pretty devastating around the country, Pip, hasn't it? Good morning, guys. Yeah, it certainly has. And, I mean, thoughts go out to everyone, especially uh, obviously in the racing community too in Hawke's Bay. I know that the team there is putting on soup for everyone uh, this afternoon, I believe, around 4 to 5. And uh, there's certainly numbers you can contact too. So do get in touch even if you need to with the TAB. There is um, anyone that's needing help in the Hawke's Bay. But, yeah, it's been a devastating time. And uh, you certainly feel for everyone, don't you? 
Yeah, no, you did right. No, it's a nice message. Um, and we're trying our best here on ECNZ to, to keep the notices coming through. What do you got for us today, Pip? Uh, well, we've got plenty of racing today. New Plymouth Gallops are on. Addington Dogs today with their power plays available at New Plymouth as well. And, of course, huge night for Cambridge this evening. Got the Harness Millions that moved from Alexandra Park there. And uh, one of the best factors, Merlin, across the program. Uh, we look forward to Avondale meeting at Pukakohi tomorrow. And the Guineas, Whitex still the best backed. But there's still been a $500 bet each way on Trav at 41s and 8s if anyone's looking for uh, a rough play. I think into about $36 now for Jonathan Riddell. Best backed in the cup is Aquaclade for Lance Noble, followed by Soprano Supreme. And best backed down south, of course, we look forward to the Invercargill Cup is Tiger Fire. And best backed on the card down south is Zoolander across the whole card there. And for the sports side of things, team, the Black Caps, Stephen Conway still the best backed for top run scorer first innings at 210, followed by Daryl Mitchell at 350. And the most popular power play, First innings, Daryl Mitchell to hit a four and a six at six dollars. Yeah, that's there's nice juicy odds there for the cricket, and let's just hope that uh, he can stay out there long enough to do that. What about you? Haven't tipped us out one. We've got everyone tipping today. Uh, Izzy had a crack at it yesterday, and uh, he stopped a couple for us. But have you got one? What 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 a race! What a racing of the greyhounds. Have you got one that you like over the next couple of days? I do, actually. I was just doing the form for Addington. I'll be covering that meeting, and I like Smash Impulse in race number three. It's a maiden affair, but it looks like a dog with a lot of upside for Malcolm Grant. He comes up with a wide alley, so I do like him. Race three, number eight, Smash Impulse. And this evening at Palmerston North, I like Hint of Mint. I believe he's in race number seven, and he jumps from box seven. Should be going one better than last start. Oh, that's nice. Okay, race three, number eight, Smash Impulse is a... Lay your saying and end of mint is another one that we should <laughs> keep our keep our keep our on. Thanks a lot. That's uh, Pitt Morris from the TAB watching live, uh, bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Hey Pip, you're going to have an enjoyable weekend. The sun's out. Get the guns out and go out there and enjoy it because who knows when the next storm's coming? Probably just around the corner. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Absolutely, Kimpy. You too. Have a good weekend. There you go, Pip Morris. She's throwing a couple more there, is he? We've got a decent old multi coming up. Beautiful, Kempi. Well led. Well led. I uh, just had some bloody devastating news, actually. When my dad's just gone home to his pad and, and Pukitapu, and the first time he's been home, and yeah, the, the water went through the whole bottom level of the house. Caravan's gone. Mum's car's gone. It's uh, pretty bloody devastating, man. Oh, um, and all the, all the affected out there. Yeah, I don't really know what to say. It's crazy, eh? He's got onions and silt through the whole entire bottom area. And, uh, yeah, it's going to take a long time to clean this bloody mess up. Um, yeah, crazy. Crazy times, Kempi. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, like this, I see that Daisy's doing a really good job too on her socials, sending out all the places that you can um, donate to in Hawke's Bay and it's, at the moment it's just one thing after the other, uh, those pictures that keep coming through this morning uh, that silt that's gone through the houses, houses cars, you know, I read that story about the, that family that had to break through the roof, um, through the jib and go and hide up in the ceiling with the pink bats um, and hope that the water wouldn't rise anymore, just some of the stories that are coming out are devastating and talking to a couple of mates yesterday out of Muruwai um one of my real good mates, Stevie Fortune, who lives, he's my neighbour out there. Um, 
with Dave, who passed away, uh, he's just saying, mate, some of the stories from the people that are, were living on this road um, called Domain Crescent were basically told to evacuate and were running at the same time as the slides were coming down. And he said mm. just the carnage in the stories is, is just really hard to hard to listen to. So I feel I feel um, your pain at the moment, Izzy, and your dad's Papa Pete. Um, no doubt we'll, we'll have a chat about that later on and see what we can do to to help Papa Pete out, and uh, yeah, mate, it's, uh, I guess, what can we do? We'll work that out. Yeah, so materials can be replaced, and, you know, houses and, and everything like that, they can be replaced, so I'm just grateful that, you know, he's still here, and, and my grandma's still here as well, and, and people, you know, that are lucky enough, fortunate enough to still be around. There's been plenty of lives lost throughout this uh horrible time and um yeah i think it just really hits home but kempi yeah we'll just stay positive and there's plenty of people out there doing it tough every little bit counts coming up we got some headlines with joe and our choices flooring poll results and then we'll end the show with a friday tipple where we reflect on what's been a big old week in terms of sport but a sad week in terms of kiwis doing it tough out there and we'll hear from smithy later on as well who's felt the brunt of it personally there in the mighty hawks bay so uh yeah Joe Headlines coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping New Zealand. Can be for breakfast 28 to 9 here on SENZ. It's been a tough week for everyone. We're almost at the end. Time for your sports headlines. Gal fueling your mission all year round. Alan Wynne Jones says it would be the last option for Wales players to go and strike against England, but amidst the threat of action, it's hard to deny. Head coach Warren Gatlin says he would not support players striking, but backs his players in their contract dispute with the Welsh Rugby Union. So like you said, boys, early in the show, be interesting to see how that one goes. And Liverpool and Everton have both been charged by the Football Association following a mass confrontation during Monday night's Merseyside derby over there. It was pretty ugly. Gull fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.co.nz. And boys, got your choices for and poll results for you. The question was, the Bay Oval looked like a picture yesterday. What is New Zealand's premier cricket ground oval? And most of uh, the listeners back you boys, 47% Basin Reserve. The only person that voted for Eden Park was Robbie. So good on you, Robbie. That's the choices flooring <laughs> room view. Make true blue. <laughs> makes choices flooring easy. Visit choicesflooring.co.nz. Yeah, Robbie, very interesting choice, mate. I'm just an Come Aucklander, on, aren't I? Why? Why? Um, it's a rugby pitch, mate. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's the premier cricket ground. I just, I just love watching sport there. Well, you so. do. You voted it. Yeah. Well. I just, I, I just, I didn't want to see it on zero percent. Come on, yeah. <laughs> had to give it something. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Nah, all good, Rob. All good. You got to vote with your heart, and your heart's in Auckland, and you're in, you're an Aucklander, and we appreciate that a wee bit. But we, we love you, mate.
keep up the great work, lads, in the back room. Uh, a couple of messages coming through. Boys, this country is due some goodness. Follow him all we are going through. I hope so. Also, I hope so. Put your money on ABs to win a World Cup and put some smiles back in our faces. Then Razor will take over and world domination will begin <laughs> from horse. <laughs> oh, there's been chats regarding Razor, Kempi, that, uh, that um, he's been offered the job for, for Fiji to is take him to the World Cup. Yep. Oh, well, he probably, Imagine this. He, Eddie Jones, Warren Gatlin, Razor Ray in the pool of death. Imagine that. I know. Those three yeah. going at it. Yeah. How many How many Kiwis have we got coaching around the world? Would That's world domination. Mm. You know? So yep. when are we going to find out about the All Blacks? That's what I want to know, Izzy. When are we going to find out? Yeah. You got your well, I think it was ground, going to be soon. I think it was going to be announced soon, but then Razor Ray got a bit excited and went out and did what he did, so I might have to just squash it a wee bit and get some normality back in the NZR room, and the lads are there, so walk down and see what's going on, Robbie and Joe, and get a little update for us, okay? Take your little mics in there and your phone and keep them on record like they do in the NRL when they have player talks, and go out there and find the goss. Find the goss. War- uh, Kempe, Warriors storm this weekend. How good. Down Orange here theory. in Christchurch, Otatahi. What do you want to see, mate? Uh, who needs to really perform tonight uh, on Sunday for the Warriors? I know what well, you're going to say. Yeah. It's, I know who you're going to say. I know. I know, but I'm not. I'm going to wrap him up in, in a blanket and put him in with three others. I think the spine needs to, to actually uh, stand up against Jerome Hughes' Munster. And uh, that young hooker that they have in there, who goes pretty well as well. I just, I just think that, you know, this here is a real good take on Andrew Webster's off season, and you're actually yeah. going to see, see one of the things that people didn't notice in that game last Thursday night were the little things that players were doing, and and they were young players. The difference with young players and old players is that young players are very impressionable and will do exactly what you tell them to do. Old players have heard it all before. And what we've got out there on Sunday is we've got all the old heads and the older heads, the senior statesmen, having heard what Andrew Webster's all about, um, being asked to deliver what he wants them to deliver on the football field. And I think on Sunday, because Melbourne have come over with, a, with basically their first team, only bloke that's not playing in there is Pippenhausen. Um, man, what a game to go to down in Christchurch. You're basically getting the... Because Melbourne is our local derby. Did you know that? So Anzac Day local derbies... Melbourne's our local derby. Has been for years. They they play for the Mike Moore Trophy. Um, you get a local derby played in your backyard. So if you're down in Christchurch, get along. It's a bit, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. And someone I'm excited to to watch over the weekend is Aiden Fanua Blake. I think he's due a big year for for the Warriors. Real dominating force in the middle, getting those meters. Being a real destructor in that midfield and just really gaining that, I'd love to see him keep. I don't think we've seen the best of Adam Fanua Blake over the last couple of years. He, expecting him to come out and have a real solid season. Yeah, look, I, I would like to have a little bit more size around him. I think uh, you know, he plays better when there's big guys next to him. He's got, you know, he's got. You know, I'm not saying that they're small blokes, but Tohu's not, you know, that. That big, you've got um, Bunty that's been there for a while. Tommy Ailes, um, Ailes, Ailes only a short and stocky type front rower. You know, you you, you miss the the 
the lodges, you know, the big the big men that actually would support him. So uh, we might see a little bit of a different role from him this year, you know, uh, as opposed to coming off the back of a big guy. Generally, with really good footwork, he might have to just lay the platform a few times with that first carry. And I, I often think when you're watching Adam Fanua Blake, he's better with a second carry. Can going after after you know you got three or four blokes stacking a tackling a bigger guy, and they're still going backwards when he's moving at you because his footwork's so good. So, um, yep, they they're lean enough, they're fit enough. Can he can he can he have a big year again? I'll just again, it's sort of have a look at this weekend and. Watch those first three, four rounds. That's when it's. That's when we're really going to know how they, how they shaped up is. Well, it's just around the corner, Kempi Sunday, and then the NRL season kicks off shortly, and we can't wait to see what this Warriors team can produce under new coach Andrew Webster. So it's so good. And just quickly, uh, that we've got a few messages here regarding the Test match day two starting today. Izzy, I just do not see where the runs will be coming from today. Conway and Blundell can handle this attack. They're very correct in their batting and patient. OK, Mitchell scored hundreds in England, but that's eight months ago when Bracewell comes in. Leach will come on like Nichols. No clue against spin. Conway and Blundell, can you watch and if, and see if I'm right? That is from Kevin from Titarangi. Big, big day for Conway and Tom Blundell to have a an outing for the Black Caps to get back into this game, into this contest. And another message, hundreds for Conway, Mitchell and Blundell yes. today, boys. So the lads are showing a bit of hope for our Black Caps. Get back in the fight and put the pressure back on England. Friday tipple coming up. We're going to be talking about the week. It has been a bigger week so far and we've had some awesome guests and it's time to reflect on them. Well, after a big old week to boot in our beautiful country, Aotearoa, New Zealand, particularly along the East Cape, has been devastating. And uh, our hearts and prayers go out to everyone that's been affected. Our next uh, part of the show, Ian Smith, has been hugely affected. He's there in the heart of Hawke's Bay, and he knows all too well. He's witnessed it all, the devastation that is going on uh, around the country. So, look, our avenue to maybe put some smiles and some faces is sport. And uh, it's been a big week to reflect on the great game that is and the great thing that is sport and uh, putting some smiles back on some faces. Kempi, I'll start with you, brother. Yeah, no, that's right. Starting off the week with the Super Bowl, which took place on Monday. So we had our good friend, the Philly captain, on ahead of the big game. And he had a bit of trouble telling me and Izzy apart. I have to tell you, I've just gone inside and I've put on my Kansas City Chiefs jersey, so I apologise. Don't yell at me, please. Don't yell. Who's that? Is that Campy? That's Izzy. That's Izzy. Is that That's Izzy. Sorry. Izzy. Oh, Izzy, you, gotta, you guys, I hate to tell it to you, you guys both sound the same. You both got that ridiculous accent. Nobody can understand you. Oh, no. Oh. The Philly captain, he... He'd be dreading phoning us. The, twice he's phoned us and they've lost both times, the baseball oh, and I the know. NFL. So uh, he's always good to talk to, though, isn't he? 
I sent him a photo of my Kansas City uh, jersey and he never replied, so he's pretty gutted. And fair enough too, Philly going down against Kansas City. Now Lewis isn't here today because he's off to the Sale GP event in Sydney this weekend. And earlier this week, Josh Jr. joined us. He's a member of New Zealand team competing over there and he told us about the fun they get up to on the water. Is there banter? Like, when you go past each other, is there any banter? Like, can they hear when you're going past See ya! Them? See you later! <laughs> yeah, see ya, yeah. Oh, they used, to have, they used to have a channel where you could push a button and the helmsman could speak to every boat on the course. And one time we made all these things, they have a huge crash. And he just comes over and starts losing the plot on the radio. And then everyone else starts giving him grief. <laughs> just made a fool of himself. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. One of the things you want to know is there a lot of banter out there on the water when you're just sailing past at 100 clicks saying, see you later. That was Josh Jr. Good luck this weekend to our Sal GP team over there in Sydney. There'd be plenty of band if me and you were on it. Um, <laughs> so we then talked to uh, some cricket with Black Caps head coach Gary Stead, and he cleared it up for everybody how close they came to pro- approaching Trent Bolt and getting him involved. Look, we've had conversations with Trent the last couple of weeks just around where he's at and, and also our stance on it as well. Um, at the end of the day, Trent turned down the, the national contract about six months or so ago now and, and it's first to play in some of the other leagues. And our stance has always been, that's fine, and then we, we appreciate what he's done, but we also need to take priority and keep looking forward with our team as well. So in this instance, we've gone that way, but we certainly have considered it strongly as well. Cap in hand, go and knock on his door, ask him to come back. That's the advice. <laughs> and Balti, we need. Here we go. We had Rugby News editor Campbell Burns on the show ahead of the Super Rugby Pacific season getting underway, and we asked him about the Crusaders. Is there anyone stopping the Razor 7 beat? The only team that could come close would be the Blues, and so you would think Crusaders and Blues would be in the final again. It's a question of whether if Richie Moonga is fit and playing well as we know he can all through the uh, the playoffs, then I, I suspect the Crusaders will be very hard to beat and Razor's uh, seven, Pete, will be on the card. No chance. No chance of anyone <laughs> stopping the juggernaut there, Kempe. Let's move on. No. Come on, the Blues. And our toast of the week, obviously, the country has been hit really hard by the recent weather conditions. With the original flooding in the north three weeks ago now and then Cyclone Gabriel devastating the east coast. There's been lots of people providing support during these hard times, including Officer Tonu, who spoke about how he's helping out the West Auckland community. We had a, uh, a bit of a, a catch say, it was uh, you today, me tomorrow, and it was something that we sort of leaned on every day. We had meetings every day with all the agencies, all the support groups. I must say, I have to acknowledge, um, because she's a West Aucklander and she was there right from day one uh, at St. Leonard's, was the Deputy Prime Minister, and this is where she lives, and she came in and was down there um, grinding, toiling away with everybody else, and she provided the leadership that we sort of needed as well. So our toast of the week goes to Afisa and anyone else who's out there doing it tough. It's been a really tough week this week, Izzy, um, having seeing the devastation firsthand out at Murawai and then watching what's unfolding down the Hawke's Bay east coast. Uh, we're going to catch up with our good mate Ian Smith shortly. I've just got a real quick one here. Um, the Hawke's Bay Raceway, I've got a barbecue today from 4 to 6 o'clock if anyone wants to go along and uh, have a kite. And the SBCA and hoo-ha will be on site as well. 
to help out with uh, any animals that are uh, needed um, needed sort of rehousing or some help. So uh, get along to the Hawke's Bay race, race track today. Uh, four or four to six, there's a, a nice barbecue being put on by them for the local community. Beautiful, Kempi. Yes, here from the man himself, Smithy, coming up. Welcome back. Everyone has missed him. They've missed his dulcet tones, the voice of sport in New Zealand. He is back on the airways, and we're so grateful and happy. Smithy, how you doing, mate? Oh, look, it's been an interesting week, uh, Israel. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, I'm on the periphery of it. I've had a little bit of structural damage at home, um, but nothing to worry about, honestly. Yeah, everything very fixable, and uh, so... Honestly, I've just sat back and, and uh, because it's it's been almost unapproachable areas of Hawke's Bay and you don't want to get out on the roads because if you can't help um, physically at the moment, all you're doing is holding up and um, blocking roads. So you know, I've just stayed and, and watched and listened like a lot of people have around the country. But uh, no no communication was interesting to live in a, a, an era all of a sudden where <laughs> you've got no communication. I mean, you know, um, you, you've got no power. And no communication was was quite um, quite revealing, really. Taking you back to the days as a as a youngster, um, huddling around a transistor to try and catch up with any information that's going on, because nothing else in the house works. So that that was a, probably the most revealing thing to me. But now, of course, we're getting the news of the devastation and the sights of the devastation and crippling, absolutely crippling for these people. Mate, what about the devastation? We haven't heard too much about Havelock. Havelock North's been hasn't been too badly affected? No. Um, well, a lot of Havelock's on a hill, you see, so a lot of it just goes yeah. straight down past and heads up into the Karamu Stream, which was at the highest levels it, it's been. Um, you know, there were people that had backyard damage and, and um, I, I guess a lot of properties had uh, water through them as well, uh, particularly on the flatter lands. But uh, in all honesty, not the devastation that, um, you know, you where you were living or your, your folks are living and... and um, People on the flatlands in between Napier and Hastings and the Taradale area, which is just absolutely covered. Lots of streams, Izzy, as you know, lots of bridges. That, yeah. Uh, stream, streams in our rivers um, and deluges and bridges are no more. Um, there were, there's bridges that you would have played on as a kid, ridden over on yep. your bikes or whatever. They don't live, they don't exist anymore, mate. It's, uh, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, just got a video from our home in Pukitapu and the water rose about two metres high and everything's gone and, oh, it's pretty bloody heartbreaking, really. Pukitapu era has yeah. been hugely affected, mate. But, hey, our shining light and everyone's out is sport and I no doubt you'll have a jam-packed show for you today. What do you got, bud? Oh, we've got a bit of cricket. We've got to look at uh, Baz Paul, don't we? I mean, it's... Uh... We got a stark reminder of just how devastating that can be um, on a on a sports mm. field, and how one team has got attitude, uh, and another team has a entirely different attitude, and the scores reflect that. So, um, Brennan McCullum, uh, he's got uh, day one under control. There's no doubt about that. We've got that to talk about.